In June of 2013, I was given the opportunity, opportunity to spend nearly three weeks in the country of Turkey. Now I have many impressions of Turkey, but one lingering one, in spite of all of the remarkable archeological sites and the, and the beautiful churches and the stunning mosques, the lasting impression, the lingering impression is the food! Oh, the food! The fresh ingredients and the combinations of flavors and smells, it was wonderful. It was just fantastic. Here's an example. I found this little restaurant. It was just a half a block of where I was uh, staying, just below the Blue Mosque. And uh, on this little side street, it was called Cooking Alaturka. It was both a restaurant and a place where anyone who wanted to have a few lessons in learning how to tur uh, cook Turkish-style food, you could go there. So you could learn how to do it, and then you could enjoy it. So I was there one evening, and I had a multi-course meal. This was a fixed menu, no options, no alternatives. You either accept the menu, or you don't, but oh, oh, here's what I had. It started with hot yogurt soup with dried mint, cumin, and lemon. Then they brought out runner beans. As near as I can tell, those were a kind of string bean. I'd never heard of runner beans, but they were really long. Runner beans cooked in olive oil and onion. Then I had Anatolian flatbread filled with spinach. Oh. Then they brought more eggplant stuffed with meat and bell peppers with bulgur pilaf. It was the main dish. And then this was the dessert. Walnut stuffed dried figs cooked in clove syrup. <laughs> wow! You know, to be honest, there were a few ingredients on this menu that didn't make my top 10 favorite food list, all right? However, when they were prepared in the way that they were and presented at, as they were, a memorable feast emerged. I'm talking to you about it almost two years later. It's still there. Wow. Tracy, we have to go back. We just do. I'm just saying. She would appreciate it, I think, even more than me. I had no idea, to be honest, how good dried figs could be for dessert. Oh, man. Food. Food is a necessary component for our existence. Food emerges from the large number and diversity of plants and animals that, that, that populate our planet. I mean, think about plants. We have grains, vegetables, fruits, herbs, spices. All of these are cultivated and reproduce in abundance all over the world different ones. 
These are consumed either alone or in various combinations, or, and this is what many of us like to do, we like to add a little something more, right? Now, that something more could be fish, any or all different kinds of fish, lobster, crab, eel, we might see some of that today. I hope it won't be moving. <laughs> if it does, just know that's a different kind of culinary experience. <laughs> or snail, frog, snake, chicken, pheasant, partridge, quail, duck, goose, turkey, rabbit, pork, beef, horse, sometimes, lamb, deer, elk, wild boar, bison, or any of a lot of other animals, right? Sometimes we like to mix those in, just to make it even more interesting. The combinations of ingredients for prepared dishes are endless, and as varied as the cultures in our world. Having peaked your palate and gotten your taste buds warmed up, I want to remind you of several theological affirmations that I think we can with legitimacy attach to our feast here. Okay? <laughs> I can do this. I'm a theologian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are affirmations that we can attach to this kind of a celebration and maybe the enjoyment of food every time we partake. All right? First, God is good. Oh, God is good. We serve and adore a God who created a good world for us to occupy and in which to thrive. We exist in a material world with very material bodies. In light of this little material feast, oh, I just get more excited. We have senses, right, through which to appreciate these material foods. Taste, touch, smell, sight. I'm not sure how hearing works in, but we have that too. Maybe it just gets us ready to enjoy. Oh, we have to hear the invitation. That's how hearing taps in. We have all of these senses that help us in a very material form to enjoy food as a gift from God. Second, God is creative. The extraordinary range of material expressions in relation to plants, animals, people, and topography testify in our world to a creator whose imagination is infinite. People have developed a significant number of different cultures, haven't they? Some of you, I think, have experienced this firsthand. And in fact, by virtue of the collection of people we have here, I can see even in this feast, we have expressions of some of those different cultures. God has initiated both human life and human culture. God's creativity is evident in the expressions of the arts, of beliefs, of customs, of institutions that emerge from all of those different cultures. 
the diversity of the food emerging from these many cultures is truly a gift, truly a gift from God. Third, God created us to be communal. God is communal by nature, right? God is triune, three, but one. We are created in the image of God. That means intrinsically, intentionally, we are communal by nature. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it takes more than one of us to bring another one into being. Right? It takes some kind of community to emerge into this planet. We are born into human communities. Families, neighborhoods, nations are examples of how we are intrinsically interconnected. We absolutely need each other. We just do. We cannot survive. If you think about the initiation of human life, we cannot survive without other people. It's just impossible. To share and to receive food in community is a gift of God. Fourth, God desires us to find joy as we exist in the world. Creation was brought into being by love and for love. That's why this creation emerged at all. Receiving and extending gestures of love is intended to bring joy. That's why we share. Our material world and these material bodies are meant to experience pleasure, delight, and wonder. The act of gathering in community to share prepared foods from different cultures is intended to bring joy. Oh, I hope you experience joy in what? T-minus 15 minutes? Oh, 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 and counting! Yeah! Oh, joy is on the horizon. I'm just saying. Our biblical texts this morning indicate how integral food and feasting have been to God's people from the very beginning. The feasts that we read about in the book of Deuteronomy reminded the people regularly of God's daily provision, God's deliverance from danger, and God's faithfulness forever. Food and feasting regularly celebrated. That brought God to mind. Multiple feasts featuring select foods to share in community brought thanksgiving and joy to God's people and, I would argue, to God. The ultimate fulfillment of God's desire for creation are also remembered in a great feast. The reading from the book of Revelation anticipates a future supper of the Lamb where Christ and his church will feast together in victory and in joy. Yeah, this is not the end of our food. This is not the end of our feasting. Oh, I don't know if I should say this. Well, you know, Jesus liked to party. I'm just saying, he did. If you think about that first miracle, right? 
Oh, wow! He's even in charge of the beverages. Holy cow! And he brings out the best! The best! Even at the end of the party. Okay? We're having the supper of the Lamb with him! Oh! 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 Keep that promise. It's coming. It is so coming. And it's a part of this feast today. Food and feasting have a long-standing and elevated role in the life of God's people. We continue to celebrate this tradition with a cultural feast associated with the Swedish people. That is the heritage of this tradition. It doesn't define us in any kind of an exclusive way, but it is something to celebrate and something to um, remember every now and then. We get to celebrate Selskopet. Prepared dishes unique to the Swedish culture will be featured, along with all kinds of other culinary delights, right? We're all drawing and contributing and sharing what we know and uh, what we have. As we share in this communal feast together, let us remember those theological affirmations. God is good. God is creative. God created us for community. And God desires us to find joy in this life. Remember God's provision. Remember God's faithfulness. Remember God's promises as you share in this feast this morning. Praise God for this very material world. Praise God for material bodies, right? That we can experience this sort of joy and delight. Let us rejoice in God and keep the feast. Amen. As a response to having heard the word of God proclaimed, let us join our hearts in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God of goodness, creativity, community, and joy, we praise you for your presence with us today. Thank you for creating us to enjoy food and feasting in this world. We praise you for working in our lives in ways that are both mundane and extraordinary. Thank you, God, for working through food and feasting throughout the lives of your people. Thank you for reminding us of your generosity, care, and promises. Allow us to be mindful of your goodness and grace each time we enjoy the gift of good food. We pray, Lord, in the midst and on the verge of this feast for the needs of the world around us. We remember and pray for nations that today are in conflict and in transition. There are many, but we remember especially Syria, Yemen, and the Ukraine. We pray that the deep issues that feed these conflicts would find resolution. Lord God, we pray for peace. We pray for people who do not have enough to eat. We feast today, but we know that there are many who are not given that opportunity. We pray that the obstacles, whether they're environmental, economic, or political, would be removed, and that food would be available to hungry people everywhere. 
We pray, Lord God, for our nation and for its leaders. Thank you for the many blessings we enjoy and the opportunity to cooperate together in freedom. Help our people to treat one another with mutual respect and to care for all of those who are at risk. We remember, Lord, those who are in need in our own congregation. Be with us in our daily work, both inside and outside of our homes. We pray for those who have health care needs. We remember especially Phyllis and Maida. Linda, Mark, Beth, Paul, and Shirley. We pray, God, that you would bless them. We pray that your healing presence and peace would surround them and sustain them. We pray, Lord, for those who are seeking employment opportunities. We thank you for answering those prayers, and we pray for those who continue to, to search. We pray for our students, and we remember those who are traveling, especially in this time of the year. We pray, Lord, for safe passage, and we pray for refreshment for them. God in heaven, we give you special praise and thanks for the feast that we are about to enjoy together. Thank you for good food. Thank you for unique cultural dishes and the extension of love provided by all who have arranged and prepared for this celebration. Bless this food to us. Bless those who have prepared it and allow us to testify to your goodness your creativity, and your provision in the wake of this feast. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please stand as we sing, uh, join in singing hymn number 93. 